0: Welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. On today's episode, I just wanted to go over a little bit about the interview uh, between Vladimir Putin and Tucker Carlson. So I know a lot of people are talking about it right now in the political sphere, um, but it is an important conversation to have, especially when so many people from the mainstream media are talking about it where they're making Tucker Carlson out to be some horrible person just because he's giving the interview. And, of course, a lot of other people have you know, made this point already. Um, Dave Smith from Part of the Problem, uh, Jimmy Dore... You know he's a stand up comedian He has the Jimmy Dore show He's gotten really into politics In the past you know 10 years or so Um, PBD Patrick Bet David On his show Um, I mean they've made this point you know A bunch of times that Tucker Carlson is a journalist And journalists You know have always talked to Important powerful people Throughout the world It's just because if even if our society views someone as evil doesn't mean we shouldn't have a conversation with them now whether or not you know our president has a conversation with them or not that's a completely different thing than a journalist trying to get an opinion from someone else who has a lot of power in the world and that's one of the important things they're they're trying to make Tucker Carlson out to be you know some guy who's making propaganda basically and You know, that's obviously not the case. I mean, Tucker Carlson can promote just like anybody else, whatever he wants. I mean, he's only going to be the one uh, that knows if he's lying or not about any topic that he's promoting. And the same thing with Putin. I mean, you know, the media is just like Putin's going to be, you know, saying a bunch of propaganda. And I mean, of course, any politician in our own country, too, in the U.S., is going to be propagandizing all of the topics and everything that they want people to hear from them. I mean, everybody knows politicians are, you know, some of the people that lie the most, and they're the best at it. That's how they get into those positions. So, of course, Putin would be saying what he wants us to hear. It doesn't mean we shouldn't, you know, listen to what he's actually saying either. You know, you don't have to take it, you know his word for every position that he makes. Of course, he's a powerful leader, basically a dictator in you know one of the most powerful countries in the world. Uh, of course, he has you know his own take on things and might not be telling the full truth, just like any other world leader. Um, but there is a lot of things that they talked about in the conversation. I mean, it was uh, you know if any of you listened to the whole whole podcast their interview i mean it was it was pretty long so it was two hours or a little over two hours long and basically the first 30 minutes of it was just you know some kind of interesting history about russia and ukraine and how uh, russia and ukraine came to be and how ukraine became separated from russia as well Going back all the way from when uh, Russia was started or founded as a country, I believe Putin said it was in 862. So he went way back in some history there trying to give Tucker Carlson an answer for why, <clears throat> why he invaded Ukraine you know, 18 months ago. So, definitely a long interview, and, you know, I congratulate anyone who made it through. Uh, I was listening with Jem, or watching with Jem, uh, actually. You know, I watched the entire thing. I think she made it, like, an hour to an hour and a half in, you know, before falling asleep on the couch. And, uh, you know, even trying to power through something like that, I mean, this is just a conversation. You know, a lot of people afterwards... Did say this was a boring interview, but I mean, this isn't, you know, a football game. This is one of the most powerful leaders in the world talking to, you know, a podcaster now, but he was a main personality on Fox News uh, not that long ago. But these are, you know, this is an interview of the person that our government has been telling you is, you know, one of the scariest people on the planet. And, I mean, you can go back and watch interviews with Putin. It's not like, uh, you know, this is a new thing. So this is just the first interview that an American journalist has had with him since the war in Ukraine began. You can go back and watch. I mean, there's got to be hundreds or thousands of hours of footage with Putin speaking, Putin giving interviews, you know, Putin talking to other world leaders. Um, So it's not like this is you know out of the norm that we're hearing Putin speak but you know this isn't a conversation that is supposed to be you know fun they're not supposed to make it fun I mean even in the beginning Putin asks if this is supposed to be a show or a serious conversation and Tucker Carlson tells him that it's a serious conversation which I you know if he wanted to make it a show that would be pretty strange with someone who we're claiming as our enemy um Basically, who people keep saying is pushing us towards World War III. Um, that's definitely not the way that I see it. Um, not just based on what Putin said, but I just don't see, you know, how any of the world leaders that have access to nuclear weapons could possibly want to use them. Um, it it seems very unlikely that that will happen. I mean, people have had nuclear weapons for the last. You know, I mean, we've had it for over 80 years now and other countries have had it for, you know, a long time, decades and decades as well. And I don't think most people have been, you know, seriously considering this because where is the advantage? I mean, most world leaders aren't the dumbest people. You know, they have strategy for what they're trying to do with their country. Whether or not it's to get themselves power or, you know, if they want to better their country, it doesn't really matter. They're playing a strategy game. Most of the people that aren't good at strategy don't get to the top of any government, whether that's a dictatorship or a democracy. I mean, I would argue that uh, the smarter people would probably rise to the top in, you know, a dictatorship depending on how the power transfers. So if you know, it's a monarchy where the transfer of power is familial, then you know obviously anyone could just become their leader. So um, but in a democracy, you know, people voting for you doesn't you don't have to be smart for people to vote for you. You just have to get people to like you. So uh, but I would argue that you know, most of the world leaders that make it to the top of any country, aren't going to be the dumbest people around. They're going to be, you know, strategizing about how to get their country or themselves, which in turn will benefit their country to some extent if they want power. Um, you know, especially if they want to expand their power into the rest of the world, they're going to need a strong country. So I would argue that you know, the ones who are scaring people about uh, nuclear war is people in America, you know, our media, our politicians, warning of nuclear war all the time. And, I mean, Putin, in the interview with Tucker, he doesn't say that, you know, nuclear war is off the table, but he does ask Tucker, you know, why would he start a nuclear war? And if you just think about it for a minute, he has no advantage to starting a nuclear war. So, I mean, yeah, he's trying to say that he has better missiles, the Chinese have better missiles, you know, nuclear weapons than than we do, saying that they have, you know, hypersonic uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and we don't yet, apparently. I mean, according to our government as well, but uh, either way, even if their missiles are twice as fast as ours, Uh, And it takes seven and a half minutes instead of 15 minutes to get, you know, from a main part of Russia into a main part of the U.S. with their missiles. Like, we can all still fire our missiles before that happens. So, um, basically, the advantage, you know, doesn't go to anybody still currently. And you destroy all the land that you attack, too. So, what do you gain? I mean... Like, the nuclear fallout lasts, uh, you know, decades before you can start reusing that area again. So, I don't really see, you know, I just think, like, it's a bunch of fear-mongering pushing that we're close to nuclear war. I also think that the interview uh, between Putin and Tucker also, you know, confirms that Putin isn't trying to push nuclear war not just because of you know Putin's words but when someone's speaking whether you think they're going to lie to you or not or whether or not you trust them you need to analyze what's advantageous to them and what reason do they have to lie about it in the first place what reason do they have to um, you know do the action that you're asking about so in the case of nuclear war what advantage would Putin get from having a nuclear war? Um, It's the same thing. In part of the uh, interview, Tucker asked Putin if he had any plans in the future for invading Poland. And, I mean, Putin just said, because, so the reason this is, you know, a question is because our media has been saying if we let Ukraine fall, which... I mean, that's that doesn't even really seem like what Russia wants at this point. I mean, they have tried to make a, a treaty as well. They got turned down, but um, it doesn't seem like they want all of Ukraine. But either way, our media keeps saying if we let Ukraine fall, then we're going to, you know, what if Putin comes into Poland? What if he attacks, you know, the rest of Europe I mean, obviously, that would be a very different situation, especially since the treaties that we have with all of the other countries, not every country in Europe, but a lot of the other countries in Europe that we have as actual allies, and Putin just said that the only reason that he would attack Poland or invade Poland is if Poland invaded them first or attacked them first, and in my mind, that just makes logical sense. If he doesn't want World War III, which I don't see how that would be beneficial to him, they're not the most powerful country in the world. If they're trying to compete with all of the other countries, you know, and grow their economy, then why wouldn't they want to work together to some extent? I mean, they don't want to be at war with the rest of the world. You know, even according to our news media in uh, the U.S. here, I mean, they're saying that, you know, Russia's using so much resources, fighting in Ukraine, all this stuff. And, I mean, that's just fighting against Ukraine. Yes, we, we're we giving them resources, but we haven't sent any soldiers in there, um, you know, to actually fight against Russia. So, you know, imagine Russia trying to fight the rest of the world. I mean, it might not be the rest of the world, you know, of course, you know, uh, russia has allies as well other allied countries but um the majority of the world and the wealthiest part of the world uh basically other than china you know would be against russia and i don't really see why china would stand with russia to try to take over europe unless once again you know uh someone wants to conquer the entire planet and for that, I mean, you mostly just have to be an insane person to think that you can conquer the planet at this point. There's just too many people and too many countries with, you know, too powerful of weapons that we can just destroy entire cities in an instant. So it's it's not the same war, you know, as what Hitler thought he was fighting when he thought that he could conquer the whole planet. Um, I'm not sure if he actually thought he could conquer the whole planet, but at that point, you know, before nukes were, uh, created or dropped, I mean, he definitely thought that he could take over the whole planet. I don't know if anyone specifically thinks that they can control the whole planet at this point. Um, I do think that there's groups of people that are trying to control the planet and they want to you know, create a one world government. I mean, that is the goal of the UN, you know, it's the United Nations. Um, And organizations like uh, the WHO and the WEF, really any international organization, you know, so these, these organizations, I mean, they start with no power or very little power, you know, the only power they have is whoever's part of their group or monetary power from donors. Um, But, you know, like the United Nations is a more governmental body, but we don't give them, you know, control over all of the separate nations. We are still sovereign, independent nations. And I do believe that there's a group of people that do, I mean, at least one group of people that want to take our sovereignty from us and create a top-down structure of laws that come from the UN organizations like the WHO, the World Health Organization, and different uh, organizations, just like we have all these different departments and organizations inside America. They just want to do that on a worldwide basis so that we would be getting all of our rules from an even higher authority than the federal government, and I think that's completely backwards. Um. I think that the people who are the established politicians, I think that is what they want and I think that is what they're working towards. Uh I don't see Putin as like a rebel against this force. Um but I do see him and same thing with China, you know, and even like North Korea. I don't believe that the leaders of these countries are good. But I think that they do want different things than a lot of the Western nations um, that do want to kind of conglomerate power in the UN and international organizations so that they can create restrictions across the whole world. Um, And by restrictions, I just mean laws. I mean, currently right now, you know, one I can think of is how bad they want to push a carbon tax where... You know, they they could just try to push it in America, but that'll that'll never work because it'll make every single thing more expensive in America. America's already one of the most expensive countries in the world. So making things more expensive here doesn't seem very appropriate when people are literally just trying to survive. So the politicians, of course, will say, well, the billionaires will all pay those taxes, but it, it's, that's impossible for that to happen because if... The factory, you know, is producing carbon, and then they get a tax because they're producing carbon. And then someone needs to buy anything from that factory, which almost all of our products come from a big factory. So they will just charge more money for it. It's the same thing as a small business owner like myself where I'm having to raise my prices for window cleaning. I just, I have to. Uh, employees are demanding more money. I mean, I'm paying young employees, you know, twice as much as I used to get paid when I was their age, uh, you know, at a similar job. So it's if, if I have to pay more wages, I mean, that sounds good, And I do think that it is good, but I think that inflation is happening at such a high rate, way higher than what our politicians, most politicians, and what our media promotes. I think our inflation is way higher than that, and the way that they record the consumer price index is really kind of shady, and they don't show you where the real inflation's coming from. Um... But so that's why I'm paying people, you know, more than twice of what I used to make and they still can't afford anything on it. I mean, it's not that they can't afford anything. I get people mismanage money, but things are so much more expensive nowadays that they're struggling to even afford, you know, basic things like getting their own place. And that's for twice as much money as 12, 13, 14 years ago. So at that point, when I have to pay more wages, I have to raise prices. I can't charge the same prices that we charged 10 years ago because the price of everything else has gone up. If the government raises taxes on me and you know I'm making a certain percentage of profit, in order to make that same percentage of profit, I have to raise my prices. And if I'm a successful company, then I have customers that want my product so if you want my product, let's say the government gives me a 10% carbon tax, okay? And my product is, you know, $100 and people are happy to pay it because my they want my product, you know. And so then the government comes and says, "I need 10% of all your sales for, you know, carbon production." I'm just going to raise my my rate to 110. Will that stop some people from buying it? Possibly. really depends on the demographic that I'm selling to. Uh, If there's a demand for that product, it won't stop me from selling any units of it realistically. I'll just charge more for it. We'll have just as much pollution, and the government will get some more money. And that money that they're getting isn't going to be from that billionaire. That billionaire is going to take your money, the average person who's buying that hundred or 110 dollar item and they're gonna take it right out of your pocket and it goes to the billionaire but then the billionaire has to give you know the government people the money. So I don't see you know how that's gonna help because the the idea would be to incentivize switching to like green technologies but if people don't care like right now people are already spending 50 60 70 80 thousand dollars on a huge truck you know uh, that uses gas and pollutes how much more you know are they willing to pay to keep that going i'm not exactly sure but i don't see how you know the incentives are going to work when people just want what they want so, what you need to do, in my opinion, is allow the free market to, you know, work that way out. So, I got pretty far off track here of the Putin and Tucker Carlson interview, um, but that is, you know, one of the points I was trying to make based on just thinking about some of Putin's answers and whether or not he's telling the truth. I mean... Just knowing who he is, you would just assume he's not telling the truth in all of his answers. That doesn't mean that he never tells the truth, though, or that he would actually give you an actual understanding of what he thinks about a topic. Um, you know, there's every single word that he says doesn't have to be a lie just because he's a liar. Just like any politician uh that constantly lies, they don't always lie. Some of the things they say are true. Otherwise, you would never believe them. Um, But so, you know, that's why I was thinking that our media is really the one just pushing so much war. Um, of course, Putin's the one that attacked Ukraine, and I'm not just saying that's okay, but, you know, his explanation of us trying to... Get Ukraine to join NATO when that was in the agreement. Um, when that was in the agreement, when the Soviet Union, you know, was collapsed and broken down, that was part of the agreement that we wouldn't expand NATO into the countries that are bordering Russia. So, if you were Russia, you know, what would you do in that circumstance when your treaty is being broken? Um, and he accurately talks about how even back as far as 2008, um, the United States leaders were trying to push NATO into Ukraine and get Ukraine to accept to be a member of NATO. So, I mean, that much doesn't have to be proven if he's lying or not. You can go look at the records. You know, there's videos of many of the politicians that he mentions talking about. The things that he talks about. Um, so, I did uh, think the interview was pretty boring. It it is hard to um, watch an interview with a translator. So, you know that's one of the things too. I mean, Putin speaking in Russian. I don't know Russian, so I have to wait for the translator to translate and. I'm assuming Tucker Carlson doesn't either, so he must be getting a translation, you know, immediately. Maybe he does know Russian, but I I don't think so. He reacts pretty quickly in the interview. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of just Putin talking and Tucker Carlson just letting him. So, all in all, with that interview, I mean, I would say that it's definitely worth listening to. Um if you don't follow politics much, I mean, obviously, these things aren't going to interest you. But the the thing that I see about it, I mean, I don't watch sports. You know, I follow more uh, political discussions and stuff like that because I do think that it has a bigger impact on the world. So I think that if you're not going to, you know, be that interested in politics... um. You know, still keeping up on some of these events is important, but yeah, I get that it's hard to watch a two hour interview, you know, um especially all the time. but so I watch the whole thing, and I mean, I would recommend to go at least listen to a portion of it rather than just listening to sound bites that the media, you know, any mainstream media organization that's on TV like Fox News. Or CNN or MSNBC, whatever organization you know you want to listen to, because they are all going to just you know skew the interview to however they want because they'll just take these sound bites. It's a two-hour interview. If you only watch a five-minute news story on it, and it's one person, you know, a one person's opinion on some news organization talking to another person on the same news organization about a you know two minute clip that they played of a two hour interview this is how things get so mixed up you know and that's why sometimes you got to go even if you don't watch the whole thing if you see a clip of something you know you got to watch the before and after to even put it into context with the way that they just try and you know nitpick little points out of all sorts of things tv shows and interviews and people's speeches even you know stand-up comedians they just take A line out of a stand up And then go this person said this And it's like literally during a Stand up though so Which I'm not saying that You know A joke can't be offensive but I mean in my opinion that's kind of the point The funniest jokes obviously Are going to offend people otherwise What's the point of a joke I mean people are going to be offended by jokes But Either way it's the same thing You know, if you want to get an actual understanding of what is going on and how a person thinks or feels, you need to actually watch their, you know, interview or their stand up or their podcast or whatever it is to actually have an understanding. You can't, you know, avoid responsibility with that and just go listen to whoever you want on, you know, any of those news organizations I mentioned earlier. And really get a full understanding. And I think that's one of the main issues of why we're so divided. That's all the time I have for today. Uh, I just will leave you, like I always do, with a message of unity. You know, even something like this, a simple interview between a you know world leader and an American journalist uh, creates so much controversy. So, you know, in this time, what I would ask you to do is to just have as much compassion as you can for someone, you know, anyone that you deal with in your daily life that may or may not disagree with you. You know, just look at it from their perspective and realize that they're a human too. Most people want the same thing, which is just to have a better life for themselves, their family, their friends, and they just have a different understanding of how we're supposed to achieve that. So, I'll just leave you with that. I appreciate you tuning in, and remember to always vote your conscience.